0: The battle of Britain is about to begin. V-Crite, we got a tank tractor. Let's follow the radio on V-Crite. I've been around that on the right target right now. I've got a couple of views right beside our base. Go down, there. Go. Welcome back to the Lead Pursuit Podcast. Yes, that's right. Doug is back, along with, guess who? We've got Brett and Steve. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Hey, guys. Hey, what's up?
0: Well, so we're going to talk a little bit about Gathering of Eagles, which I guess I really could have done a monologue podcast, but what fun would that be? So we're going to cover a little bit of the schedule, a little bit of how the games go. Uh, We may talk a little bit about the tournament, and we're going to talk a a lot about the kind of fun that goes on at the Gathering of Eagles. And why are we going to do this? Uh, Because I don't want to just sit here with these two assholes and play Blood Red Skies over and over for three days. So we want a lot of you people to be at Gathering of Eagles. All right. So before we dig into Gathering Vehicles, let's talk about some other events, because the good news is the Blood Red Skies tournament scene is starting to gain traction. Now, uh, not every local con has a Blood Red Skies event, but what we're seeing is a lot of the Bolt Action Convention uh, series are also hosting some Blood Red Skies. So what does the schedule look like? Well, obviously, what we're going to talk about first, uh, 4 to 6 June in New Orleans, Gathering of Eagles. The tournament there is on Saturday the 5th. So if you want to play the tournament, be there Saturday the 5th. Uh, Otherwise, be there to drink beer with the rest of us cool kids for the other two days besides that. Coming up right after that, the next weekend, DICON in St. Louis has a Blood Red Skies tournament. And that is 11 to 13 June is the event. Uh, Blood Red Skies is Friday, so Friday 11 June. You can go take a look sign up at daikon.org. Uh, they've got a lot of stuff uh, for the the blood red skies tournament rules and tournament pack up there just look for warlord events click on it it'll show you the bolt action and the blood red skies tournaments right on the heels of that uh, two weeks later ish twisted lords out in oklahoma city so yes if you want to put up with me and john russell uh, and all of our gaming goodness out there so 23 to 25 july uh, the Blood Red Skies tournament is tentatively set for Saturday night, the 24th. We'll see. There's still a lot of moving parts in the schedule. Uh, personally, I don't want to be the last event on Saturday because there's a lot of other cool things that go on late Saturday night. But we'll see where the Blood Red Skies tournament falls. We got Blood Red Skies all that weekend. Friday, we have some uh, Pacific stuff. Sunday, we have MIG Alley. So there's, there's places we can shift the tournament to uh, please come out to Oklahoma City and play at Twisted Lords. Now, fast forward a month. NASHCON, uh, 20 to 22 August. We think we're going to be there. Uh, We think Sunday the 22nd is the Blood Red Skies tournament. Uh, I say think because there have been so many changes and so many moving parts, and the people at NASHCON are trying to cram as many different gaming tournament events in that they can with the rules and restrictions they have. It's been a constant turnover. So Blood Red Skies tournament maybe Sunday morning. You may be hungover. We really don't care. We're going to push some airplanes around. And we will have fun up there. Uh, Coming up in October, two events that are going counter to each other. There is Texas Broadsides. Uh, That's going to be a fun event because there's always a lot of air-to-air gaming there, usually check your six. But they're trying to open up some Blood Red Skies play. And that will be 22 to 24 October. Uh, At the same time, Siege of Vicksburg in, obviously, Vicksburg, Mississippi, uh, 22 to 24 October. That will also have a heavy warlord presence there. I'm betting that if I'm going to be somewhere in October and it's not working, uh, it's going to be at Siege of Vicksburg, but that's all right. Please go to both events, support them both. Uh, And the guys at Texas Broadsides, they're really excited to be back meeting in person this year after their virtual one uh, and doing that at the Lone Star Flight Museum, which you know, in and of itself, I'd just sit there and look at airplanes, Um, but I'd have to put up with Rob telling me how good Check Your Six is. So Rob, uh, sorry, I love you, brother. Not that much. And well, you're not coming to Gathering of Eagles, so I won't go to your Texas Broadsides. (laughs) But that's how the schedules. Uh, that's how the schedules go. Okay, there's the big overview of upcoming events. Things will always come up. Things will change. If you're not on tabletop events, you ought to be, and go look at the schedule to see events that are opening up. Uh, if you are kind of curious about some other places to go for events. Go look uh, at the Blood Red Skies tournament listing, which where do you find that? Hey, you go to the Gathering of Eagles page, click on that, and you'll see a tournament listing page. Click on that. It'll give you the rundown of where we know Blood Red Skies tournaments are going on. Uh, Eventually, one of these days, so John Russell tells me, there will be a organized play page on Warlord's site where all this stuff can be found. We'll get there when we get there, but that's all right. Brett, I know you had something you wanted to say about this, this tournament schedule. Oh, I
2: mean, that's a lot of tournaments you just listed. I'm surprised, actually. And I'm wondering, have you noticed, are you aware if, if there's vast differences from one tournament to the next in the way they set up? Or I only know about the GOE stuff.
0: So, because I am a super genius and everybody loves me. Okay, maybe neither of those are true. Uh, right now, <laughs> it looks like they're all going to adopt a very similar set of tournament rules to goe they're basically going to follow our lead which i i really appreciate because it makes it easy for leveling the playing field for all these events over the kind of the first year we get more than one or two blood red skies events uh so the the good part is they're all going to be based around what we do at goe they're all after goe so they could change based on some lessons we learn uh like when we allow brett to fly me 110s for Fifteen points or twenty points off, uh, <laughs> and watch him take the whole tournament with his one tens. Uh, you know, we we can make some tweaks to the tournament rules and the uh, organized play rules uh, based on what we see at GOE, and still influence the other events. So that's the plan. Uh, once again, it's up to up to tournament organizers. I'm not here to tell everybody in the US how they have to do business. I'm just here to try something different, see if it works, and if it doesn't, at least write down what not to do and how not to run an event. So. Any other things about the schedule? Steve, Any? I don't think you're making it to anything other than GOE, and we were yeah, trying to recruit you for Twisted Vicksburg. Lords.
1: I've oh, Twisted Vicksburg. Lords, Ooh. but Vicksburg, I think uh, October. I'll be ready for a nice little uh, break at the end of October there. That'll be a good one.
0: You know, the timing's good. It kind of falls after, you know, a lot of people have gone through part of the sports season. Kids may have a little bit of a break around that time before you're getting really into the Thanksgiving and fall uh, time when everything gets crushed a month later for schedules. Uh, but uh, it's a it's a good chance to take a weekend. So whoever we can get down there, uh, we will definitely go down and have a good time at Siege of Vicksburg. All right, so moving on, let's talk a little bit about the hangar, some new kits, some new models, some new gear we've seen out there. Uh, I'll start it off with yes. I bought another mat because why? Well, because I have no discipline. Uh, but the guys over uh, at Grip Mats, uh, I saw this via. Uh, I wish I could remember who. One of the people in the ready room. Uh, they were showing off their cool river map from Grip Mats. And uh, you go out to their Etsy site. You can look them up. And they have a couple different mats. They have desert mats. Uh, I really like the the river mat. It's kind of cool. It's got fields on either side. Uh, they and the only uh question I'd had was they kind of had a disclaimer that said, hey, the waterproofing lines uh, in there are just purely cosmetic. Uh, don't worry about them. And, and I didn't even notice them until they they called it out on their own website. Um, and they're barely visible. So all the guys that commented how good the mats are, absolutely right. It's it's a little bit different than a true neoprene mat, um, but it's, uh, it's definitely quality. And I will have that at GOE so we can play on that in a three by three size. Um, But, you know, speaking of neoprene, there's been a little bit of rumbling on the Lead Pursuit team that I've been ignoring because the last thing I need is one more thing to try to sell. But I hear that the guys over at Blue Falcon Hobbies have uh, some great ideas with neoprene.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty excited. This has actually been a born, uh, an idea born from the Friday happy hour crew uh and if you can't get to that you should it's always a fun time on friday afternoon
0: if you can't get to that you're a loser
1: yeah oh, wait I'm, i
0: usually don't make it to the happy hour i guess i'm a loser
1: <laughs> yeah all the that's funny all the guys at virtual happy hour calling all the people that are probably out at real happy hour yeah losers,
0: exactly right? all, but, all the people that are actually out with their spouses <laughs> drinking beer with their friends while we're just virtually drinking beer with a bunch of other nerds yeah we're, we're the pinnacle of society sorry continue talk about but, uh, this great idea
1: no you know uh actually i just got off the phone uh yesterday with the guys at topside minis which if you haven't heard of them cool stuff they do a lot of top down uh printable tokens for games and they had some really cool artwork that uh guys were talking about in happy hour and i kind of reached out to them so we're gonna have it looks like some one eighteen hundred scale ship targets uh flat printed top down on neoprene so uh, you can fly right over them, kind of get some of that congestion out of the way, and we're gonna make them the same size as the clear pills that we used for the targets last year at GOE. So if you wanna do your cool 3D target, you can put that on a clear pill, It can go right on top of the corresponding flat neoprene target. So you have the cool 3D one when the planes get close. You pull the 3D one off. You have the neoprene one there. So I think it's just going to be a real cool kind of companion set just to give people more options on how they want to do their targets
0: i think it's going to be cool i uh, already am a huge fan of the laser cut neoprene and apparently so is everybody else i i don't know what they're doing if they're huffing all the laser fumes off this neoprene or what the deal is uh, but we literally sold out of every single one of the laser cut clouds that we had within uh, what a week of of you getting them in my hands uh, there steve so uh, we'll be making some more uh, because apparently everybody likes them targets and clouds like that don't slide around and uh, and at least that way Brett can't knock stuff off the table and, and you know change uh, change the cloud settings uh, right. for the game to, well, to that's, take that's away my clouds from my swarm
2: neoprene is so good because it doesn't doesn't go anywhere right that's so awesome and even if somebody doesn't use 3d targets I mean just having a neoprene image of a top-down view of you know your carrier of choice as a target or whatever it is that's so awesome. And it doesn't take up a lot of space. You don't have to worry about yeah. it getting mangled. It's, that's clever. Well, I, really. I think
0: it's, I think it's a, a good place to start with. And as Steve says, if you want to use both, then it's absolutely cool. Cause you got a 3d target that everybody can fly to. You just pull that off when the battle gets close and now you're not worried about whose base is overlapping the target and other things that you can't really fly around. So I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, looking forward to seeing Steve, what you guys uh, get through and what you guys create. Should be fun. Should be yet another thing I can spend my money on, which is not helping, Uh, (laughs) but that's all right. I thought we started started this thing to pay the bills. It's not paying the bills when I'm buying these things myself, damn it. (laughs) But that's all right. We will get through that. All right. Has anyone else seen any other cool kit out there in the last couple of weeks? Uh, Anything interesting that people need to know about?
2: You got me turned on to that 432 bag from Battle Foam, the vertical one. Oh, uh, yeah. Steve's cut some laser for, or so cut, laser cut some foam for me for my collection. So I'll have an easy and safe way to transport stuff to Gathering of Eagles. And I'm pretty stoked about it. I haven't ordered the bag yet, but I know I was just texting you uh, yesterday, I think, to find out, you know, when should I place that order? How long is it going to take to yeah, ship? They're,
0: they're quick. I, I always tell people order it early, you know, just because you, you might be competing with other people buying for a certain convention. Uh, but it took about a week for them to get me a 720, a Traveler, and a Mini. Uh, all together, and I can't say enough good things about the battle foam bags. Uh, say what you like about a lot of other stuff; uh, those bags are quality, and so I enjoy using them. Uh, I I used the 432 for quite a few years. Uh, I've used it for Heresy, used it for Blood Red Skies. Uh, I really like the uh, the 216, kind of the small little briefcase-like one for for Blood Red Skies. Um, but now that I've got a seven twenty and the traveler. So the traveler is ludicrously large, but it still is is usable like a backpack. So, what did we say it was? It was five layers of five or six layers of foam you fit in there, and it's two, twelve by twelves and another strip. So, yeah, it's a, it's a ton of foam.
2: It's like twice as big as a four thirty two. I was yeah, a little yeah, reluctant it, to go that big to start out with, but I think my whole collection is going to fit in the four thirty two. But then I think what I'll do is I'll just continue to buy lead pursuit foam. As my collection grows and eventually get a second, you know, second. With bag the number
0: of 110s board. you have, there's no way it's fitting in the 432. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> With all the big airplanes, you've got that in the JUs. Uh, no, the 432, I think, is really the sweet spot for. Uh, being slightly outside some airline's carry-on size, but not so big that people actually pitch a fit about it. So I've used it as a carry-on a number of times and it uh, I think it works great. Well you guys uh, but,
2: designed that the the battle I mean the lead pursuit foam I think it's called what BF foam because it's the perfect dimensions for that four thirty two bag and it you know it's gonna yeah. fit in a carry-on. Yeah.
0: So it, it does. It fits so what what it, we've done is we've figured out how to fit about the same size as the battlefield battle foam large and it'll fit with all of our uh, own personal design stuff so with the high vis white backing behind it so you can see when you're missing your airplanes and you don't leave them at somebody else's house not that I've ever done that uh, and I just found a hurricane today in one of my backpacks <laughs> like apparently I had some plane that I forgot to put in my phone uh, so you don't do that that's why we have those cutouts. And then it allows you to stack, uh, and I think we ended up with, I think it's six layers inside the 432 of that uh, standard fighter foam. Now, if you're like some of our listeners and you like putting really big airplanes in there like B-17s, some of those will require thicker, heavier layers of foam. We'll cross that bridge when you ask us to. So... uh, if you have a specific airplane that we haven't cut a foam for, uh, or it's a specific model or something, uh, shoot us an email. A lot of people have. A lot of people have said, hey, here's either the AIM models that I have, or here's the third party uh, rock work stuff. What can you cut foam for? And we'll even do mixed mixed groups of them. So we'll do a 12 by 12 and you know, put some buffaloes in there and put some Oscars in there. Whatever you need, we'll make that happen for you. And then obviously uh, we have our standard you know squadron plus kind of foams with seven slots in there for, for seven standard fighters.
2: I want to gush just a little bit about the foam I have already. Uh, so two things you mentioned how it has the high vis background. That's perfect because when I'm staring down at my foam, I can tell which slots are empty, right? Cause it stands out. It's got that white underneath where the plane would be. So it makes it really easy to figure out, Oh yeah, I got, a- I'm missing three planes. Where are they? Okay. It seems like a little thing, but it's, it's, right away I was like wow that's super cool and then the other little thing it's again it's a little thing but it's super uh functional the one of the corners like the top left corner of each foam tray has a got the corner snipped off of it so that when you're pulling your stacks of foams out you can get your finger around it and pull it out it's not like wedged in there never to come out again right so super thoughtful the way that was designed
0: and, and we're learning as we do a lot of this. So there's things that we've we've learned the hard way, like some of the corner cutouts. Uh, what I'll tell people is if there's something about the foam you don't like, absolutely email us. Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's see what we can do. Uh, and you help us design something that uh, saves people a lot of pain and heartache. You might find some extra foam coming your way. Uh, so help us out that way. Likewise, you know what you do like make sure you tell other people i, I have to laugh every time uh, jason hernandez drops another order for foam i i keep looking and going holy crap man i don't want to know how many airplanes you have at this point uh because it's one of those things that uh, he's helped us a lot by expanding the number of, of aircraft that we can cram in there uh he's tasked us with a couple uh, difficult fits and so we've kind of gone in there to try to make uh, a, b- a bunch of different foams the most efficient that we can. So Jason, thanks for all the good things you say about us Uh, in the ready room all the time about the foam. And we hope that our foam is living up to everyone's standards. Uh, I know I'm excited to pack my stuff and finally get on the road with it rather than have it just sit packed up in the corner gathering dust, but, (laughs) but that's my problem. All right, moving on. Actually, before we move on, I should probably let the foam master himself have the last word. Steve, Blue Falcon Hobbies himself. No, you I just, say about I'm
1: laughing. I, I always say trying to get Jason's planes to fit together. It's like a big aircraft 69 orgy going on in the middle of the phone. It, it is. Like, it's it's airplane
0: Tetris, you know. <laughs> it's like, would you stop giving us these difficult things? Could you buy some smaller planes? Ask for seven Buffaloes for crying out loud.
1: But it's cool. You're right. You know, like if anybody has any ideas what we could do better, what we could fix, Uh, you know, it's just, we're just a bunch of idiots trying to make stuff. So let us, let us know what we can do to make it better.
0: We are. And we always, I'll tell people we have quality control escapes. Like, uh, one of the guys, Mike, who just emailed me is like, Hey man, these Avengers I just got. And I'm like, yeah, those should have been pulled. My apologies. So, you know. Like anyone else, we have to deal with customer service and making mistakes and oops, yes, Doug sometimes uh, doesn't catch all of the miscasts. Uh, So if there's something that goes wrong, email us. You guys listen to us on the podcast, you know what a bunch of knuckleheads we are. Odds are we made a mistake and we're going to make it right. So uh, take the time to tell us what you need and we will do our level best. All right, so moving on, let's actually talk a little bit about gathering of eagles now. I think there's always a misconception. Whenever we talk about Gathering of Eagles, it does get tied to the tournament. But what I'll remind people is Gathering of Eagles is a three-day event. The tournament is about four hours, or well, if Steve belabors the fact with rules questions, it might be four and a half. But ideally, it's about four hours out of that whole weekend. So, things at Gathering of Eagles are tailored towards you being able to do what you want. Uh, if you want to play competitively, that's awesome. If you want to play narratively, that's awesome. If you don't want to play, you just want to lurk and make snarky comments about me playing. that's not, No, that's not awesome. <laughs> I don't need any snarky comments. Go harass uh, Brett or Steve. Uh, I suck as it is. But if you want to get around a lot of other gamers, a lot of other Blood Red Skies players, a lot of other people interested in aerial history, Gathering of Eagles is the place to do it. So, let me go over the schedule just a little bit so people kind of have a frame of reference. Uh, we will be starting around noon-ish, I say, uh, in uh, New Orleans there on the 4th of June. And really, we're going to you know, open up the vendor hall area with our two wonderful vendors. Yes, we've got Warlord Games, obviously, there with John Russell. We're going to have Unipolar, so AJ is going to be there selling T-shirts and mats. Uh, and we're going to start kind of the day with a little bit of open gaming demos, sitting around, chatting, catching up with people who we haven't seen for uh, a little about a year or so. Uh, then we always kick off a combined virtual happy hour. Well, why is that? Well. Why wouldn't we still do the virtual happy hour? Because there's probably other losers like us that want to talk to people on video chat with beer in hand. But uh, we can also do it while sitting there, actually, with other people in person. So we're going to do another combined virtual happy hour. It's a great chance to sit there, drink some beers, uh, talk to a bunch of different people about Blood Red Skies, about gaming, about whatever you want, um, and then to move on and, and to actually get some more games in in the evening. That Friday night, we will be playing Big Red Skies, as John Russell calls it, so the World War II version thereof, that 172nd scale Blood Red Skies. Uh, and we're going to set up uh, a couple different scenarios. We've got some Midway and Pacific stuff. We have uh, some uh, some Battle of Britain scenarios that we can do and some aircraft to support that. And we'll, we'll play around with that uh, for a couple hours on Friday night. And there's always open gaming tables. So if you're like me and the last thing you want to do is play with one seventy second scale models. Uh, There is going to be plenty of room that you can go over and you can play whatever scenario, either a pickup game uh, or if people want to try out some tournament lists before uh, the next day, uh, come find me and you'll get uh, a free easy opponent to beat up on. Uh, And, and we'll be able to play until about 11 PM or so when we'll kind of close down for the night.
1: I got to say, I am psyched for big red skies. I haven't gotten to play it yet. Mm. Uh, i think though i think we need to just move it outside i think everybody who's coming needs to bring like two or three 170 second scale models and we need to like do it in the parking lot we need to do like really really big red skies
0: i'm not i'm not gonna go on my rules diatribe chicks dig it. i will let you all play big red skies then you can change in house rule what you want, and then you can like the game. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. But no, we, we have had a lot of talk in the ready room. Uh, and I will say that we're going to we're gonna play Big Red Skies, at least initially, the way the rules are written. And then we're going to show by house ruling some things, it feels a little bit more like Blood Red Skies, just with bigger, cooler, nicer painted, hopefully, airplanes. Uh, and, and so we'll see where we go from there. Once again, no one's going to steal our models.
2: I want to bust out some of those Malta scenarios we've written up and those those new um, jet scenarios you posted recently. I want to play some of that. I haven't played MIG Alley in forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm going to play on Friday is I'm going to play some uh, MIGs with uh, missile rules and a couple other things. Uh, Cause maybe there's another set of scenarios, hopefully dropping here in a week or two uh, with some more cool jet era kind of missile era stuff. Um, but that's what I'm going to play on Friday. But once again, to each their own, we'll have a ton of mats. We'll have a Bunch of models. If people didn't bring theirs for whatever time period they want to play, we got gotcha. you. Um, and we'll all stand around drink beer and have a good time.
2: Well, I'm glad you said that though. Cause I think you're right. I think a lot of people think this whole thing's all about the tournament because we talk about it a lot. Cause we, it, cause it is different, right. Than the kind of game mode, at least Steve and I've been in together a lot. And so we get into like theory hammer or whatever math hammer on the list. And we've had a couple episodes about it, but um, just because it's fun and it's different. So we get distracted on that, but, um, it's a lot more than just that part, you know, the portion it's, of the it's day a, where you a whole tournament. heck of a
0: lot more. And, and people know me, I hate the tournament. That's why I'm the TO. Cause I don't want to play in it. So uh, <laughs> it, the tournament is really, and I can't say enough, it's only four hours of the whole weekend. Um, so I've already told people who are like, Hey, is it gonna be kind of weird if I don't play the tournament? I'm like, no, cause you're just going to go play on the open gaming tables uh, during the other time. Or if you don't want to play blood red skies, then guess what? We're going to have Flames of War and Team Yankee stuff down there. Or if there's something, if you want to bring a, a DVG game, solo game, and go set up a table with Phantom Leader and play that, awesome. Do whatever you want. Um, we're, we're not there to make everybody have to feel like they need to play competitively or play narratively. Um, we want people just to get together, play, and have a good time.
1: If John Russell is listening, I actually, with the new Pacific release of Bolt Action stuff, I have been seriously eyeballing some Bolt Action. I would love to just play a turn or two of bolt action just to check it out. I would I would love to check it out at GOE.
0: I'd love to just take a hit a crack. Maybe that would be good. What could possibly go wrong? You're an idiot. You're, no, you're absolutely Johnny, an idiot. No. You're trying to start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to start a new army. I don't want to pick up a new game. You didn't even ask for free pizza.
2: <laughs> you're an easy mark. <laughs> Isn't that a meme where the mom's holding the kid and he's like, Mom, look at those guys playing with, no, no, Stevie, no, don't look. And and the next thing you know, he's like, he's dressed up as like a, you know, infantry soldier or something from World War II. (laughs) Pretty,
0: pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, John, if you're listening, Steve is your mark. Uh, Bring some, some bolt action and you'll probably sell it to him. Uh, All right, so what are we going to do on Saturday? Saturday, uh, doors open, yes, at 7 o'clock for those who didn't drink until the wee hours of the morning. That's fine. Uh, Somewhere around 8-ish, depending. Uh, We'll do an intro welcome, kind of an event opening just to, one, at least have us all standing around drinking coffee, staring at each other, but to talk a little bit about the weekend, uh, maybe answer some questions, maybe things that people didn't want to ask in the ready room. They'd rather ask in person and say, why is the rule written this way? What do you guys think about this? Um, absolutely happy to cover a lot of those things in kind of that uh intro welcome you know about an hour period um, and then we roll into the tournament prep so we brief for the tournament we execute a couple rounds of the tournament uh for r- before lunch then we go take a quick break for lunch roll back in finish up the tournament have some backup time uh and then go back to open gaming we'll we'll do a tournament debrief and if you uh you want to hang out uh and and even be a part of that, even if you didn't play. Absolutely, we'll talk about how things went. Um, and Brett brings up a good point. You know that that there's also usually Andy uh, popping in at some time virtually here. He'll probably be there in the intro. Uh, a lot of times during lunch or sometimes uh, Sunday morning, uh, we'll also kick up the uh, video feed and he'll pop in and offer some of his advice. Um, so we can we can talk about a variety of different Blood Red Skies issues with the man who is Blood Red Skies. Um, so if you want to. Either say, hey, this is a great idea. Why didn't we do it? And Andy can laugh at you and go, we tried that 17 different ways. It doesn't work. Uh, Or you can also ask him, hey, when can I expect to see whatever faction? He'll give you his uh, level best information on that.
2: Remember last time he straightened us out on that whole thing about uh, we were shaming Steve for – flying his bombers in high cover yeah. all the way around yeah. the table. He's Cheater like, oh, Steve. No, that's the way we did it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Andy backed up Cheater Steve. I still remember that, Andy. Don't worry. I'm not bitter about that, Andy. No, that that, but that's a good point. So that, that's one of the great parts of Gathering of Eagles is you may have your own interpretation of how the scenario is supposed to play out. And sometimes it's kind of funny to sit there and have Andy tell you, no, I, I intended for people to be able to cheat that way. But that's not cheating. And then you feel like an idiot. Well, a non-cheating idiot, but that's all right. <laughs> Okay. Okay, So once we get done with the tournament, there'll be some time for another happy hour, dinner, whatever you want to do. Then we're going to, for Saturday night, do a battle of Midway. Now this is uh, not necessarily everybody around one table. The intent is to play a couple different games simultaneously, play with a ton of airplanes. So don't feel like you got to show up with your own painted airplanes because John Russell, first of all, has more zeros and Wildcats than we know what to do with. Uh, we'll have a bunch of Avengers there. We'll have a bunch of Kates. We have carriers, we have islands, we have everything you'd ever want to play with. So show up, play whatever part of the Battle of Midway scenario or scenarios you'd like to, and we'll close down the evening that way. We basically have three or four hours of that That's plenty of time if you want to play a dogfight scenario, a torpedo bomber scenario, whatever you want to do. Uh, And if you want to try out kind of some of the scenarios from Midway, we can talk about how those are uh, kind of redacted versions of the airstrike scenarios that are geared specifically towards a specific target set and a specific event. And I think it makes it really easy for people to not have to do the math and everything like you would normally in airstrike. So that'll finish us up Saturday. And obviously, you can go drink beer at any time. Uh, you can skip out at like 9 in the morning and start drinking beer, which is really what I would wish I was doing instead of the tournament. But uh, no such luck. I'll be there with the tournament and a beer. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll have a lot of fun on Saturday. We usually end every one of these evenings uh, sitting around the fire pit, drinking beer or whatever your beverage of choice is, um, and having a good time just to, just to be knucklehead gamers.
2: That was one of the real highlights from the last one, I thought. That was such a good time.
0: It was only a highlight because I threatened to throw Scott Atchison into the fire. in the fire. I was going to put him in the fire pit.
2: But... Oh, he wasn't that bad. <laughs> Come on.
0: I love Scott. We we have fun arguing about everything uh, all the time. So it's it's kind of funny. We'll uh, we'll have a good time there at uh, at G E. Uh, but we'll try to stay away from big hot button issues that make Doug want to throw his beer mug across the room at you. Anyway. Moving on to Sunday. So what are we going to do Sunday? Besides recover from our hangovers, uh, Sunday, we we open up the hall again, bright and early, 7, 7 to 8 a.m., uh, open gaming. There will be, as John calls it, Big Alley. So uh, big red skies, a 172nd scale, but with Korean-era jets. And I think this will also play uh, a lot different than what people will assume. So the scale issues may may get uh, minimized. I think it'll be fun. Um, This one, if any one of the the 172nd things interests me, this one interests me the most. Uh, So we'll do that for a couple hours we'll spend some time uh, kind of debriefing the whole weekend, talking about what we can do better, what we uh, would have liked to have done, other games we would like to play. So we've tried to schedule Check Your Six and a lot of other things at, at various times. And then people, Rob, fail to uh, show up and actually want to do family things instead. So <laughs> we'll figure out how to do either Check Your Sticks or Mustangs and Messerschmitts is another suggestion uh, that uh, some people have made. So we'll see what other games we can bring for the next year. And I think even last year on Sunday, didn't you guys play a quick round of Team Yankee?
2: I think Steve did.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was actually yeah. It was either it might have been Saturday night or Sunday morning, but we got a little Team Yankee, and it was kind of cool. Another new system that I uh, got to dive in there for a little bit. That was kind of neat. I played a couple of bomber
2: scenarios with Dan with all his Russian stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, I was about to say I know you and you and Dan did your your uh, I'll call it a historical because I can't remember what the matchup was, but it was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll play whatever people want to do on Sunday, even besides Big Red Skies. If you're not interested in 172nd, I will probably be playing that, but other people uh, may want to just play some regular scenarios, or just sit around uh, and drink some spiked coffee before everybody has to get out of there. And we'll end somewhere around noon-ish. We'll see when the hotel really wants to kick us out. Uh, I know most of the Lead Pursuit team is showing up early and leaving late, uh, I am not leaving on Sunday. I am leaving Monday, so uh, I'll be around. So I can go hang out with people at lunch at dinner uh, and then kind of kind of close out the weekend uh, on a high note there later on on Sunday. So stick around if you can. If you got to get back home back to your real family and your jobs and those things, I know uh, I know how that works. And also, don't forget to make time to go take a look at the museum. So I don't know the discount yet. That means I suck as an event organizer. But, we should be getting a discount uh, from the museum uh, for those of us that are uh, staying there at the hotel uh, at um, and I'm totally drawing a blank at the Higgins. Um, but if you if you want to go check out the museum when you're not playing a game, absolutely please do. It's something that uh, you'll need to see. I know I'm not going to get enough time to see it all, so I'm going to see what I can. Uh, but it should be pretty neat to get to see all of that over there. Okay, so a couple little coordinating things that we have to get out of the way. So everyone remembers this since we talked schedule. Um, We don't know what the rules and restrictions for coronavirus on that day are gonna be. We can guess, Uh, but realize that there will be some restrictions. We have some social distancing uh, measures in place uh, between the tables. We'll have hand sanitizer. Um, We would recommend people bring their own dice and not share dice. Uh, There may be mask rules. There may not be mask rules. Who knows? We will comply with all the local and hotel restrictions knowing that it is a Hilton hotel, probably will uh, say that we are going to wear masks. Please do what the hotel asks. That's what I'm going to say. They're being really gracious to us. They're giving us a great rate uh, for this event, and they're taking good care of us, giving us a good hotel room rate. Let's be as accommodating and as helpful to them as possible. So that's all I'm going to say about that kind of uh, uh, administration. Uh, And if you don't have enough masks, I think, Brett, Is probably the PPE guy that you've got boxes of masks and hand sanitizer and (laughs) wipes and all those things, (laughs) right, Brett?
2: Yes, I I, uh, scored some from work, so I'll bring it all. So you could show up virtually naked, and we'll be able to outfit you with the appropriate level of PPE.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm really not sure the masks that I have will cover that. So (laughs) that means you, Matt. Nobody show up naked. Uh, Anyway, okay. So let's move on. Let's. uh, We've talked about the schedule. We talked about the tournament and where it falls in there. Tournament is, yes, a big piece of it, but it isn't everything. So if you don't know what you want to bring to the tournament, but you want to play, drop us a PM or even just drop us a line in the ready room and say, hey, guys, I'm not sure what do I want to play. And I'll start a whole wonderful argument that we can all figure out what people want to use. And if you also don't have miniatures for what you want to play, ask one of us. Odds are we have it. Happy to loan it out. Happy to have people get a chance to play and play competitively. Um, and the last thing I'll say about the tournament big picture is if you play one round, and that's all you want to play, that's okay. Uh, we're, no one's going to get super bent that you're changing the odds and the stats for, you know, Blood Red Skies Nationals. That's not what we're doing here. I know some people said, "Hey, they might have to miss uh the final round of the tournament." I said, "That's fine. You suck anyway, so I know you're going to be on the bottom tables." No, I didn't say that. I'm not that much of a jerk. Um, but uh if people have to miss a round or if they just want to bow out, that's fine. We're not this is not 40k. We're not going to get super judgy uh, of you guys uh, about all that stuff. So, we want everyone to have fun. Um, but let's skip the tournament cuz I don't want to talk anymore about the tournament. Tournament, tournament, tournament. That's all I hear about especially from Brett and Steve and Liszt. Uh, let's talk about the narrative stuff. So we've always done a little bit of Malta uh, narrative when, when we've done it. This year, things are going to be a little bit different. Obviously, somewhere this summer, we think the Midway scene, box set, whatever is coming out and is being fielded by Warlord. Um, It is also Midway weekend. We are across from the World War II Museum. We're going to try to do some US-themed Midway and Pacific kind of narrative games. So what what does that mean? We talked a little bit about the big Battle of Midway games, uh, but we do have a huge 1-200 scale USS Hornet that we can sync at any time. So if you want to play some spe- some specific games and some specific scenarios, try saying those specific, Pacific scenarios. Yeah, I can't say that, not after the beers I've had tonight. Uh, but if you want to play certain ones and work through a couple uh, couple targets, that's great. We can do that. We have Midway Island targets. Um, I think if Steve really loved me, he'd bring a Wake Island target that we could have painted up for the weekend. Uh, but there's there's a lot of different options. Um, so we can play all those things. And if there's other narrative things you want to play, uh, suggest that early on. So we may play some Battle of Malaya kind of scenarios, uh, specifically because Steve, who is one of our buddies that has you know Dutch B10 bombers and tons of buffaloes, uh, he has painted up a ton of stuff for that. So we might as well play some narrative scenarios around that. There's there's no reason to go try to play something else uh, with mix and match armies. Let's take advantage of what people have and what they're going to bring. Obviously, Brett has everything for the as we'll call them the Luftwaffe curious. Uh, if you <laughs> if you would like to play the Luftwaffe, uh, borrow part of Brett's collection. But but likewise, if we you know find ourselves wanting to play a narrative game for Malta or for Battle of Britain, we have plenty of airplanes uh, that we can do that for. Yes, Brett, we can play Stalingrad, and we have your pretty little Ju 52s. Are those going to be all ready?
2: Yep, they're going to be ready. I'll have them packed.
0: All right, so we can we can play some of the crazy Stalingrad get your JU52s to the expeditionary landing site uh, kind of scenarios. So there there's a lot of options for the narrative. Um is there anything that you guys have thought of besides kind of Malta and Stalingrad there uh, Steve Brett that you guys want to play during the narrative phases?
1: You know you know what I would love to do and I don't know if this is too late for this year's GOE but something I was just kind of spitballing I would love Uh, To kind of implement the campaign system somehow that maybe first day of the first day of GOE, everybody kind of creates a pilot. And then when we're playing these narrative games, you're kind of putting your uh, campaign pilot in and see who over the course of the narrative games has the most successful individual pilot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool because you guys have put a lot of time and effort into these campaign rules and it'd be kind of fun to see, you know, over the course of three days worth of battles, uh, you know, how that all worked out. So that's absolutely something to look at. Maybe that's uh, next year's or a later GOE. I know I'll call them the GOE good idea fairies have been running uh, Fast and Furious this past week and weekend. I think I got phone calls for, hey, why don't we do do GOE at Oshkosh? Why don't we do GOE uh, at the 8th eighth uh, Air Force Museum? Uh, there's been a million crazy ideas. The, obviously, the Military Aviation Museum, the place where I, I do photo shoots, uh, they've been saying, hey, we play Blood Red Skies. So people are like, why don't you do GOE there uh, in Virginia Beach? Yeah, there's a lot of times we might get back together for another GOE um, sooner rather than later. Uh, but we really really don't want to take away from a lot of the other uh, events that are going on out there. So let's talk a little bit about big red skies and those events. There's going to be two different ones. There's obviously we talked about the World War II event, and then we talked about the big alley, You know, the the big alley with 172nd scale. Uh, Those will both feel very different. So if you haven't played uh, the 172nd scale blood red skies rules, the move distances, the shoot distances, all the distances are roughly the same, but how you determine them is slightly different. Uh, what I will say is we, we think that'll play really well with the jets. I'll leave everyone to uh, to play it with the, the World War II to uh, see how it works out, but it should be fun just simply because we're going to have zeros, We're going to have PBYs. We've got all kinds of cool World War II airplanes that we can uh, do some dogfights with. We've got some Battle of Britain with an HE-111 that can get chased by spitfires and hurricanes. Have uh, 109s guarding it. So there's a lot of different things we can do to try the rules for Big Red Skies. And I think what you will see is people will come up with a couple different house rules and that's okay. F- figure out what you want the game to feel like and change the rules appropriately uh, to do that. Cause I don't think there's gonna be a competitive scene for big red skies in 172nd scale there. There might be, but I doubt it. Uh, so you go ahead and play those games, house rule it and try some cool things to make it fun for everybody. Okay, I've been dodging the tournament stuff for as long as I can. Here's the deal. There's been a few changes. There's been a lot of discussion. Oh my God, a lot of a lot of hate and discontent amongst the Lead Pursuit crew with us all yelling and calling names uh, to each other. Uh, but I think this is where we are. So there's a series of 31 March rules uh, up on the GOE website. So how do you find that? Lead Pursuit slash GOE. And there's a tournament pack button that you can click on, or you can go to Lead Pursuit, click on Gathering of Eagles. You'll see buttons for tournaments there, click on that, and it will also show you a page where you can get to the tournament rules. A couple things we've kind of come down fairly hard towards. We say no proxies. Now, what does that mean? What we don't want is someone to field 109Es for P26s. That's not what we're looking for. Uh, If you only have 109Es, you don't have Gs, uh, you don't have Fs, but you want to play either one of those, uh, go right ahead. Especially the, the Warlord 109E model is, is fairly generic anyway. Um, we're cool with proxies inside a series. So if there's a specific um, series of aircraft, like you want to play a P-47D, non-razorback, uh, bubble canopy instead of the razorback, uh, if that floats your boat, sure, proxy however you need to. Um, and likewise, if there's just something you can't find the model for, can't get, uh, reach out. Let us know. Shoot me an email. Um, you may get to be the exception because it may be the kind of list or something we want to try, and that doesn't mean you, Steve, with a P twenty six P shooter list. We're we're not letting you do that. Uh, <laughs> you could make your own P twenty six model before Dewey. So uh, the <laughs> the uh, the fact of the matter is there is there's a lot of. A lot of airplanes to choose from. There's a lot of models that are out there that'll get you close. That's what we're really asking for, is that you show up uh, with a model that's close, that has something resembling a paint job on it. Um, so it doesn't have to be the best paint job. I'm not going to sit here and, and legislate three colors, et cetera, things like that. Uh, make it look at least like a airplane should. Okay. What else can we talk about for tournament rules? Uh, If you don't know, theater cards are frozen to the table. Doctrine cards, you only get one regardless of how many aircraft, uh, so you don't get your swarm bonuses. And other than that, uh, it should be a lot like last year's event. And with minor changes, just some tweaks to clarify some of the rules. But Bring any bring any airplane off the master list. So I don't know what the latest meta U two jerks are playing with. Steve, what are you thinking? Uh, your list might be.
1: I finally decided, and it is stamped in stone. Stamped in stone. That's not really permanent, but it's it's permanent. Stamped for me. in wet peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> I started painting my P fifty one bravos that I will be bringing to the tournament. That's what I'll be using this year.
0: Ooh, P-51Bs. Ooh. That makes me say, are you going to use Malcolm Hood? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure I have enough points for it. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't want to give
2: up all my secrets yet.
0: You can't give up all the secrets, but no, that's uh that is good to know. Brett, what are you thinking about?
2: I've been leaning towards a, um, 109G list that I put together. And I had a couple of options. I may go with my Potomac defense force, so it might be kind of ace heavy. Uh but we were kicking around an idea about you know maybe points have changed even more than I had initially considered for the multi-engine stuff and that might motivate me to bring some 110s, which is an easy thing for me to pivot to because I have the models. I just got to do a little list building. No problem. So we'll see.
0: There's still enough time to play through uh, a couple of these lists. And for those of you that are unfortunate enough to live near Huntsville, Alabama, uh, <laughs> 22 May ish, I think uh, we'll be doing a list testing weekend and we will, uh, knock out uh, a couple games here in Huntsville to try uh, a couple list ideas for Matt, for Scott, uh, and then just for myself to try something that I won't be playing cause I'll be TOing. Um, but for my own edification about how to bend and break the rules and maybe I'll try a multi-engine list. Uh, But uh, the fact is, if you're in the area, feel free to stop by. We'll be at Station Retro up in the northwest side of town, uh, out there playing a little bit of Blood Red Skies tournament prep. Okay, so let's move on from talking about the tournament, because I hate tournaments. Did I say, have I told you guys that I hate tournaments? I'm I'm really not sure what the, (laughs) Uh uh-oh. So Brett Brett does have a question. You need to know what the current ME discount is, the current multi-engine.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Last I heard it was 10 points, but if it goes down 20 points, that's making those 110 Charlies look pretty attractive, maybe.
0: So there's a lot of argument about that right now. Uh, What I will say is we have kind of batted around that you can use heavy fighters with a 15 point drop. Uh, There has been a discussion about maybe you need to do no heavy fighter, no, no multi-engine rules, uh, just take the traits and take 20 points off. I don't know. I don't care. I don't think we are there to change other than what's what we wrote down this last time of multi-engines, heavy fighters optional rule, points reduced by 10. And why do I say that? And, that? and that's it's not because I don't want to try something for this GOE. It's because right now there's a heck of a lot of emotion going on in that discussion with people about which airplanes count as fighters, which airplanes don't. And my fear is if I suddenly say all multi-engine airplanes get treated like a single-engine fighter for 15 or 20 points less, then I may really dump the meta on its head. So I don't think I want to do that. (laughs) I think I'd rather have people have multi-engine fighters just aren't competitive. So sorry. Uh, We will try to figure that out uh, post-GOE. Okay. Other questions i know brett you had a couple uh a couple multi-engine questions to follow on from that
2: oh no i get it, it, it it's cool if it's uh you know what it is i didn't know if there was a i know there was some discussion in the background i didn't know if that was something that potentially was going to affect a change for the current packet or not so it doesn't sound like it's so that's cool i'm cool with that No, uh,
0: it, it's it, we, we had a lot of arguments uh about it on between some of the to uh organizer people uh what i will say is is we're open to suggestions. So I forgot to ask Ken to do it. He'd put out a lot of information in another thread that really didn't start off necessarily being obviously a multi-engine tournament thread. I think it's something we need to bring back up in the ready room and say, okay, what are people's thoughts and experiences? Because thoughts are great, but people need to start trying it out, at least in basic one-on-one gameplay. I don't think necessarily um, a tournament's the first place to try it. Let's try it in one-on-one gameplay, see how various rules changes play out um and then you know kind of kind of go for there for later in the year
2: right i have no idea what the impact might be so that's that's uh, certainly valid trying it out but the the thing that um, caught my attention and seemed attractive at least at first glance was treating agile multi-engine as a single engine just like a single engine which is fine for me because i can't ever get it right anyway with multi-engine like it i don't know why it confuses me maybe because i just don't have enough reps in with multi-engine but hey single engine okay i got that figured out just make it minus 20 treat it as a multi uh single engine that's i could probably figure that out i have no idea if that breaks the game or is otherwise too imbalanced but that seemed attractive
0: yeah i i don't think it will break it simply because on average, the multi-engine fighter will be faster than its single-engine counterpart. So that should be taken into effect in its points value uh, with the way that uh, Andy has the points determined. Uh, But I just, I don't know. What I know it will cause is like an early war multi-engine will fly like a mid-war single engine because of the speeds and the firepowers and, and things kind of stepping down from twin engine aircraft into multi-engine aircraft. Will it make a late war um, questionable heavy fighter? Will it make it too overpowered? That's where my concern is there, especially for Steve, the Black Widow flyer. Um, my concern is that there's some airplanes that, that we're really not sure were they agile enough to be called agile, that if we play them like single engine fighters, we're going to have some firepower three heavy hitter speed eight (laughs) single-engine fighters running around the board. Theoretically, the points value should take care of that. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. So I I just want to play through a couple games myself before I uh, upend the entire uh, tournament uh, paperwork there.
2: Hey, that might be a fun thing to mess with while we have some downtime at the at the I think it should. I think
0: I think uh, you know. I don't play multi-engines a whole lot. Uh, I haven't played them a whole lot in this last year at all. I've played a lot of jets, uh, but uh, I really would like to kind of figure out where some of these airplanes could fit, especially uh, aircraft like the 110, aircraft like the P38, uh, even aircraft like like the P61. I think there's a definitely a place for them in the game. We just got to figure out uh, what makes sense in the competitive environment because that's where people get so so spooled up and bent out of shape. So let's stop talking about the tournament. Let's talk about the fun that we had at GOE in the last couple of minutes before we have to close all of this down. Uh, Steve, what was kind of one of your best memories from GOE last year in Indy?
1: Oh, man, I think, you know, one of the cool things that's always fun about going to these is, you know, just getting to meet some people that you've kind of interacted with in the ready room. And uh, it really seems like this go around is going to be a lot of new faces from Indy. So I'm, I'm just really looking forward to kind of getting a kickback hang out a little bit, like you were saying, those times we just get to kind of tell stories and hang out and just meet some of these new faces. You know, you see the cool paint jobs people are doing and the cool scenarios people are writing and stuff like that. So uh, I'm just excited to, to meet some of those new faces this year.
0: Absolutely. And it looks right now, just from looking at the list, it's about 50-50. So there's uh, a number of repeat offenders and uh, returning champions, if you're Scott Acheson, uh, that will be there. And then there's uh, a lot of people that it's their first time. And, and even for some of them, it's their first time really getting into blood red skies heavily. They've bought models. They've had the rules. They just haven't played it a whole lot. So we know that there's going to be a variety of skill levels uh, and familiarity levels at this event. We're not looking to go out there and beat the crap out of all the new players. We're actually, heck, one one of the guys that I want to play the most is Steve with all of his Buffaloes and Martin B-10s. Uh, But that literally is because the models are so cool. I don't care if he shoots down all of my Oscars. I really don't mind. Uh, But I I want to just see um, that cool, uh, air army on the table. And you've probably seen, if you've followed our Instagram, you've seen some of his images out there. We've reshared them there. Uh, it's, it's pretty neat to see some of these aircraft that we're not used to seeing, uh, in the livery of the Dutch air force <laughs> in the Pacific theater.
1: It is important to say just kind of piggybacking on what you said, uh, this, at least the GOE and Indy, uh, it wasn't like you would consider, like you would think of like a real, high impact uh you know warhammer tournament or like something like that it is a tournament so to say and there are competitive games going on but this isn't like guys are getting out their protractors to make sure you didn't pivot 46 degrees and you moved 8.1 inches it really is like as laid back and chill and just a fun time whether you're playing competitively or the pickup games or whatever and that really really needs to be stressed
0: Yeah, absolutely. The point is to have fun. We, we don't want to, you know, math hammer anyone into hating the game. We don't want to sit there and, and be, uh, you know, game snobs about it. We want everyone to have a good time. So that's, that's why we host the event, uh, so that we can all get together, drink beer and play with our little plastic and resin airplanes. Brett, what was your one big takeaway from last year at GOE? Oh, just one. I mean, that the happy hour social time was
2: awesome after we had played a bunch of games. And I guess the context there was, you know, there were all these cool planes and mats on the different tables. There's a lot there was a lot of eye candy, a lot of cool things to see. And we had spent a whole day or so playing different games, right? Everything was different. Like I got to play
0: I just, just want to clarify: by eye candy, we do not mean Brett in Ranger panties parading himself around on Sunday morning. No, no, no not that kind of eye candy. Yeah, you, Plastic you have, model eye candy.
2: You have to pay more for that. That's for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's a separate fee that you have to pay to see that on Saturday night. Right. Uh, no, might, you're, you're right. We, there's there's a lot of cool. There's a lot of cool um, miniatures that people have painted up, and just to even sit around and look at, at how people have painted the aircraft, why they chose what they chose, why, you know, people chose dutch air force you know in uh in the pacific uh i think that's a lot of fun too
2: yeah i got to see some things work on the table that i would never seen before like i'd never seen corsairs played but i got to do that and i I didn't see yeah pat uh, played uh, uh, corsairs
0: and actually uh actually knocked out a couple wins there
2: yeah yeah and it was a lot of russian stuff that i had never seen before i got to play in some of that so there was a it was a chance to try out lots of different stuff play some cool scenarios that i'd you know, otherwise wouldn't have had a chance to do. So it was awesome. It was like a whole year of gameplay c- compressed into a weekend. Yeah. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> well, and that's our goal is we know that not everyone's been able to get together in person. Now that restrictions are easing, we're still looking to be smart about it, but we're looking to get together and have some in-person gaming uh, and have a lot of fun. And, and I'll shame the guys from, you know, anything but a one podcast over there. Say, we're waiting for Texas to show up. It's just right over the border. Come on, guys. Uh, so just head over to uh, New Orleans, hang out with us. Uh, and we promise not to make jokes about Ray being older than dirt. So we'll have fun, uh, play some Blood Red Skies, and enjoy ourselves. So let me, let's me let wrap this up. We've talked about GOE. We've talked about a lot of the new stuff going on uh, for the rest of the year. Where is the Lead Pursuit podcast going? Well, we know we've got the midway release. We're going to talk about that some more in detail as we get closer and get a little bit more intel about what we're seeing. Uh, and we know there's a lot more on the books with Warlord. When will we see it? We don't know. Uh, But as soon as we get Tipper, as soon as we get uh, some intel from our friends inside the Warlord uh, community, we will let you know that information and we'll talk about what we can. So hopefully we'll see some more information on the Italians. We'll see a couple more American aircraft hopefully coming down here soon, uh, right after the Midway release. Uh, And hopefully it'll all be tied together with, as they've talked about, their Pacific-themed releases for Victory at Sea, Bolt Action, and Blood Red Skies. Any last minute, oh, by the ways, gentlemen, anything else you want to leave our listeners with? Excellent. The silence was deafening. (laughs)
2: Well, I can't really. I I was, you were talking about where Lead Pursuit's going. I was just thinking about my own, like, once I get settled with the new hobby space. And
0: Brett's got to move again, that poor bastard. I know, I know, yeah. So
2: I'll be moving again soon. But it's light at the end of the tunnel. But I'm kind of fired up about getting back on my hobby train. I mean, I've been limping along with my hobby progress, but, um, uh, I'm pretty enthusiastic about finishing up the, uh, allied side of the Malta collection and then maybe, I don't know, Pacific stuff. I only have some well, zero. If, so, if yeah. you
0: end up with a finished hobby space before me, then I will have failed miserably. And I f- I'm afraid that's the way it's going to look these ways. So, uh, so we'll see, uh, if these days I can get my hobby space finished in the next month or two, so I can actually start unpacking things. <laughs> Steve, any last minute thoughts? No,
1: nah, you know, I think uh, from my angle, I think I'm gonna head to the to the more modern aspect. I think we're gonna start creeping past Korea, maybe getting into some F4 Phantoms. Uh, yeah, MiG there's 21s, always some of that out MiG there. 29s. I'm not gonna Top say cats. a whole lot. Yeah, I'm gonna be shooting I'm... dice. I'm to be shooting dice with somebody in the other room, firing Amram's, you know, across <laughs> to the kitchen.
0: We'll never do any of that stuff. Yeah, who knows where lead pursuit's gonna go. Uh, I, I know a lot of people want to do modern era stuff. We'll see, um, and I will. I will kind of leave the teaser there because uh, you know we've we've already written some scenarios for uh, post Mig Alley. We'll see what the next ones will uh, where they'll lead us. So please uh, go ahead and give us a like. Uh, over there for all of the podcasts, a like on Facebook, uh, like us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram and on Facebook, and give us some feedback. So tell us what things you did like, what things you didn't like. Uh, and if we've totally offended you, well, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway, because we have an E rating. So that shouldn't <laughs> surprise you. But thanks for all the support uh, for our from our listeners uh, around the world, and especially for the people that uh, keep. Uh, buying things from the lead pursuit store. So thank you very much. Cause that funds the podcast that also funds gathering of Eagles because uh, your admission fee to gathering of Eagles does not cover all the bills. So uh, when you're out there and when you buy a set of airplanes, a set of clouds, a set of tokens from the lead pursuit store, you're funding events for everyone else. So we, we really appreciate that. Thank you all for your time. It's going to talk to both of you, my good friends, and we will talk more next week.